Welcome to the Escape Betches. Oh my god, we're in season three, episode 18. Like the undertow. Oh my gosh. Actually, I can really do Valley Girl, and that was terrible. So I know. let's just pretend. I'm from the Valley, born and raised. How shameful. And you sound less like a Valley Girl than some people. Really? Who didn't grow up in the I valley. do say like a lot. I Yeah. I had to work that way out of my vocabulary when I was younger. Coming to, mm. like, yeah. You don't, like, like you know. <laughs> like, like, you know. Totally. So I'm really excited today. So we, excited. We have a guest that we've actually been trying to get on the show. For a for, very long time. For a little bit. Since season two, we've been trying to get this lovely lady. <laughs> so you all remember our bad girl, Jess, that was leading Trey astray. <laughs> um, today's guest is the lovely Nikki Griffin. Woo! Nikki um, <laughs> had she had memorable roles in 2005's The Dukes of Hazard and third installment of the Fast and Furious franchise Tokyo Drift. But you guys, yes, you know her as Jess Sathers, that drug dealing party girl, floater girl Oof. from the right side of the tracks. <laughs> in two th- in 2012, though, she began exploring editorial writing and had several articles about TV, film, and comics comic books published in Geek Magazine as well as online at marvel.com. But then, this is really interesting, in 2018, leaning into her years of experience, both in front of and behind the camera, Nikki stepped into the role of talent manager at the management group that first launched her own acting career (laughs) in a move that she says feels very full circle. So welcome, Nikki. Hi. Hi. So good to be here. Hi. We're so happy to have you. We literally have been trying to get you here for so long. And your character is a lot of fun to watch. Like, even as bad as it was, like, (laughs) the things that were happening in the second season, your character's super fun. You did such an awesome job. So we're so happy you're here with us. Oh, thank you. I watched the, like, I skimmed through the episodes before this that I was in just to, like, Refresh. Refresh. (laughs) And I was like, wow, she just had, she just had no rules. That girl just loved life. (laughs) Loved life. Life on her own terms. That's right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, and we we talk about villains on the show and that do you play villain as a villain? And sometimes they really are just written as villains. And then we, and we never got to see any vulnerability, maybe a little bit in this episode, but she does, you know, obviously some people are just... Some characters are just villains, and they're there to make life difficult um, for the for the main characters. And yeah, you had a definite. Um, you made a huge impact, I think, <laughs> you on did, the show for sure. Yeah. I just think she was a rich girl that was bored and <laughs> you know wanted to stir up trouble. Like you know these people, and Trey came along, and he was super hot and fun and different and wild. Yeah. So, you know, she ran with it. I think she lived in bikinis too. You really did. She did. <laughs> yeah. Like she were she you I think you more than others did that drop you drop the clothes and walk away into the bedroom thing. You oh, did all that the time. all the oh time. Oh my god, all the time. Were yeah. you were you comfortable with that? Yeah, I I mean, I always have been pretty comfortable with that. I mean, when I was younger, for sure, you know. I mean, it's like glory days, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. running around. Right. Exactly. Um, and it was fun just because it was written so villainous. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just she was always teasing him and flirting with him and she had an agenda, but Yeah, it was, it was for sure a fun role. Yeah, it, it was looked it fun. Was so fun. I love it when she like pulls out a gun that's bigger than her. She's like, <laughs> Can you use this? You know, she just has access to, you know, some guys over in 
um, Garden Grove or something. Oh my you know, God. she has <laughs> connections everywhere. I, yeah, I have everywhere. connections. You are <laughs> super connected. Yeah, if I could go back, I feel like Jess would be a fun one yeah, to play. For she sure. definitely yeah. would be. So, where, where are you from? Yeah, I'm um, original. I was born in Mississippi. Uh, spent some time in Germany when I was really little, and then I grew up in North Carolina. So I went to oh. high school and everything in North Carolina. Oh, nice. In Wilmington, actually. They film a oh, lot yeah. of stuff I there. I filmed a pilot there. Yeah. yeah. I got my SAG card there in a movie called Summer Catch. All right. So Wait, you why started do I feel like I know there. that movie? Yeah, it's Freddie Prince Jr. I was going to say, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Why, my brain, like, no memory, and then I'll just throw out, like, Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> so I got my SAG card, and I was like, this is it. I'm on my way. Nice. So you came to L.A.? I did. Um, when I was 23. Okay. Yeah. And so how did the OC come about? So I had, I actually did the Dukes of Hazard first. I shot that. And then the OC was my first audition back. Like, when I got back from filming that, it was my first audition and I think I went in like three times, but I didn't want to go in at first. I thought I was too old. Oh, um, my God. I was like, I can't play high school. And then you're like, wait, all these people are older than yeah. me. Um, <laughs> so I finally, I went in, I read like, I think three times. And it was really funny. And I wonder where these girls are now. But my last read, I was walking down the hallway, you know, it's basically like a test. Mm -hmm. And the two girls that I was testing against um, were like giggling and walking together down the hallway. And as they passed me, they said, see you on the OC. But like that I was going to get the role. They and said it yeah, about you? Yeah. Like they oh. said it to me like, oh, we just blew that. And they were, like, giggling about it and, you know, kind of laughing, like, ah, well, we're going to see you on the OC. Um, it's like, we tanked our audition. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, why are they, you know, what's happening? Are they trying to throw me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, because back then, like, everybody's in everybody's heads. So oh, um, Auditioning's the worst. Yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> but, yeah, then I got it. And I actually still have my audition sides somewhere. What? Really? Yeah, it's really cute. Oh, wow. um, I think I posted it at some point on my Instagram, but it's, like, all highlighted and has little notes. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. So at the time, so that was season two you came in, season yes, two. Yes, the end and, of season two. And so the show was already kind of at its height. After season one, so I mean, I was beyond excited. <laughs> I mean, it was such a you know, this is I have had the wonderful experience on being on two things that this and Tokyo Drift that have had like lasting mm -hmm. staying power. They created such a huge pop culture footprint. I, I'm so happy to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like people yeah, still talk about it. Like, there's so huge cool. things that have lasting power. And it's there's so much content out there now that it's hard to make those kind of footprints last. You know, like most, you know, we, we still talk about Friends and Seinfeld yeah. and the OC and 90210. You know, there are things that we still talk about. But like now, if you think about it, there's just so many things to watch that it's 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 harder to make that like splash. Right. But why yeah. the shift? Like, so you were doing so well and, like, all these big successful things and you switched to talent management. <laughs> after after writing. But I, right, right. So but I did really well when I was playing a teenager. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a there's a bit of a shift that comes from playing. There's not as much college material out there as there is high school. Sure. So I was doing really well playing a cheerleader. I mean, cheerleader. Um, like, 
You probably High played school, a cheerleader. I, I, I did once. Um, <laughs> I'm not much of a dancer, so uh, I, I lost out on those um, Bring It On franchises. Um, <laughs> but playing a teenager is a little bit easier and more fun, and people don't expect as much of you. Mm-hmm. And then I was growing out of that, and the writer strike happened. Mm. 2007. S- yeah, mm-hmm. so it my window of opportunity like closed because... On the other side of that, I was no longer playing, you know, a teenager, maybe even really college, but I was also still kind of stuck in that, that mold. Um, You know, I wasn't quite playing like a cop or a lawyer or a doctor on, you know, like Mm -hmm. people just weren't buying me for that. And I also, I was pretty wild. (laughs) um, You were having fun. (laughs) Yeah, I was having fun and I made a lot of bad personal and professional decisions and I just um at some point I kind of when I got to be about early 30s I was like this is I don't have the self-discipline for this I, mm-hmm. I'm not cut out for this I have an idea of the business and how it runs and the cycles it takes and I understood that better I think than a lot of actors my age and my last audition I was like in this room and there were a bunch of people that had been series regulars on shows and were auditioning for a guest star on a comedy or something. And I was sitting there and I was just like, I'm not, this is, I'm not going to get this. Like this person's been, you know, a series regular. Like, so I just kind of saw the writing on the wall and um, decided to shift. And one of the last things I did, I met some people that were working um, in publishing and they, it was a magazine called geek magazine, which you mentioned before. And I was a super, super nerd. Um, I love comic books. I love video games and all that stuff. And we got to talking and they were like, oh, my God, well, you should write for our magazine. So I started writing for that. And it was really kind of right before the whole nerd thing, like, really blew up. Um, And then the magazine folded and I just was like, what am I going to do? And I was still friends with my my manager. my former manager and she was like well I would hire you oh my god so I came and worked for her and it's been I think it's so admirable because you know I think you know when we've we do get into this world of when you think about I mean I still I grew up in that world of like yeah this is what I do and this is I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else I like even doing this podcast is Mm -hmm. was like a different (laughs) skill and but I but when you think about you see so many actors now not acting anymore like Gwyneth Paltrow is not acting anymore so everybody's doing different things Mm -hmm. or becoming a different business and and some, and in a lot of ways, being more fulfilled right. because that rat race of I just did a self tape the other day that I thought was amazing, and they didn't even get a bite. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there are things in there that it's like it is nice to have something to do every single day and know what you're going to do tomorrow. Right? Right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's definitely I'm definitely happier on this side of the business for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of severe anxiety and depression, you know, in my 20s, early 30s. And this gives me something. I'll always work harder for someone else than I will for myself. I hear you. So like, you know, having uh, having a goal and people that depend on me and, you know, but being able to give them 
with my experience, you know, and like, these are the things that like, this is where I screwed up. This is, you know, this is something that helped me, even though the business has really, really changed Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. since we were doing it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I also grew up, I was a child model. So I'd been doing it since I was like 10. And at some point, it was just kind of like, if it's not going to be what it was when I was on the OC, then (laughs) I like, I, I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I need to be more fulfilled. So you're saying like what it was like when you were on the OC. Do you remember what that was like? Do you remember Did your you first day on set? Yeah. Um, I totally remember. I mean, I remember a lot more than Rachel does. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a lot of scenes with you. Yeah. Or, and I don't think I had any with you. No. Um, but I, I definitely remember it. I mean, it was, you know, it was a hit show. So I was so excited to be there. Um, I remember the first night in the pool, um, we spent hours in that pool and I was just like beyond happy because it was like my first <laughs> night. And um, I think Adam was in the pool with me and and he's just like miserable because, you know, <laughs> it's kind of cold and like everybody's, you know, we've been here and it's four in the morning yeah Yeah, and it's like a party scene so there's a lot going on but uh so I remember that and then you know like the audition thing and then I I have like just glimpses you know snapshots um I spent a lot of time with Misha Misha and I actually had the same publicist at the time and we had more scenes together I think so um I remember sitting around with her in the finale, I think you guys, in, in the finale of the second season, I think you guys shot, it was like a 19-hour day for me because you guys shot the scene where, he, the sh- you know, the mm, what you say part. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the night, they're like, oh, we got to get this, you know, where she shoots out over the guy's head where I pull the gun out and, mm-hmm. the dr- you know, run in off. The bait shop. To, yeah, in the bait <laughs> shop, we had to do the, uh, the drug deal. So I feel like that was like afterwards... But I remember that there was something you guys were shooting that, and then I had to come back. I, I was like waiting all day, and yeah. I, I finally like that, oh, wow. shot that scene. That and sounds was, realistic. Yeah, yeah. we've got to get this major scene done, and and that would take a. Long and now we time. have this other part that we have to finish, but yet it's like three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. and then I, you know, like little things like. Obviously, during the writer strike, you know, I had to get a job. I had to get a real job, mm-hmm. and you know, I remember I was work. I was waitressing at this restaurant in Santa Monica. And people would ask to take pictures with me because uh. I had been on the OC. And, you know, I was I, – I tell people all the time, you, you have to be like – you can't – you have to be humble and get out there and work. You know what I mean? Like you have to pay the bills and be f- fulfilled in other ways. Not that that was like super fulfilling, but, you know, I, I needed – I needed something else. So um, those were the times – yeah, I mean, I got recognized here and there and it was super fun. And what do you remember what it was like working with Logan or Ben? Yes. Um, I worked a lot with Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super, super fun. We had, you know, we would joke and banter. Ben was super smart. Ben was always like reading a book or something. I remember in this episode, I was reading a book and he was like, He's like, oh, you're reading? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what are you reading? So we had this long talk about reading as if he was like surprised that I could read (laughs) (laughs) no he was just used to all of us that never read (laughs) um but yeah they were both really nice actually Ben is the only one I've seen since um in the the in the last like 10 years Mm. I mean I think I ran into some people at parties and stuff but like 
uh, I saw Ben at 2018 Comic-Con mm-hmm. um, when he was on Gotham. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So positive memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have all positive. Yeah, I have all positive. I mean, I was stoked to be there, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a really heavy Jess episode. You come back yeah. and I think the writers, you know, we're in season three, which doesn't get the best rap. And, <laughs> you know, some of the storylines were a little more frustrating than others. But I think this was, um, I thought it was, I, you know, because I don't remember this season as well as some of the other seasons. But I thought it was a really interesting way to really service this main character of Ryan going through something and for just to show up. And it's like we said, it's it's an interesting thing for Ryan to revisit his past and take the audience on that little bit of an emotional tour with what's going on in his life. So let's get into the episode. Yeah. It's time to ditch the chemicals with Caraway Homes non-toxic cookware and bakeware collections so you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake. Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home and feature a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compound will leach into your healthy ingredients. Ah, when I think of all the toxic non-stick pans I've used for decades, I know. Oh, it boggles the mind. Let's just say I'm so grateful for my caraway pans. I especially love using the saute pan like every day. I may use it this morning for my eggs. It's safely and I can use it every day um, with peace of mind. I love caraway. All sets come equipped with easy access storage solutions so that no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids. Let me tell you, I am obsessed with this cookware line. I've actually had it for a really long time. My favorite is the saute pan with the lid. I now do my mashed potatoes in it because it's shallow, but every time I'm cooking, because I'm always making dinner for my daughter, I love knowing that there's no crap in it. It's all non-toxic. And they're so pretty. You can leave them out on your counter with their, their organizer thing they give you, and they have a hanging canvas thing for the lids. It's really cute. I know. I wish my mom had this when I was a kid I know, right? in the 70s. Anyway, this yeah. can only happen once a year. Caraway's Cyber Season event is almost here. Save up to 20% on all Caraway products, including their internet-famous non-toxic cookware set. So excited. And for the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, and mini cookware. This exclusive deal won't last long. Make sure to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. Visit CarawayHome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% off your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal won't last long. So visit CarawayHome.com to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Caraway. A change of season means longer days, better outdoor activities, and more ways to get healthier, including checking in on your health and wellness. With Everly Well, you can take action today by taking one of their at-home lab tests or by adding their vitamins and supplements into your daily routine. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. I just love how convenient this is, okay? Because, like, there's so many things I need to learn about myself and things that are bothering me. And food sensitivity test, I can do it at home, and I send it in and got the results. And now I know why the roof of my mouth itches sometimes when I eat eggplant. Oh, 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your samples and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. So I've done the um, women's health test, which really helped balance my hormones. I've done this food sensitivity test. My husband, luckily I didn't have that many, but my husband found out things that were that he was sensitive to, and it makes my, um, well, it makes life a little bit easier, let me tell you. <laughs> but um, this is such a wonderful thing for your entire family. And so many people don't realize that they're sensitive to foods or that their hor hormones are out of balance. And I just love this company. Everlywell also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. And for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com OC. That's everlywell.com OC for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com OC. So the synopsis is Jess returns with news about Trey. Kirsten helps Ryan confront his savior complex. Seth and Summer receive sex counseling from Taylor. That's the fastest synopsis ever. ever. Shortest. <laughs> but that's a favorite the with this episode. Directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, written by J.J. Philbin and Mark Fish. Original air date March 23rd, 2006. Woohoo. All right. Here we go. Ugh. This episode. Uh, I, I, there's some things I love about it, and then there's some things that you just, like, are shouting at the audience. There's some things I'm shouting at Ryan a lot in this episode. Well, but he's got to, yeah, it's like, he's exhausting I all these possibilities, know. right? I know. So, all right. this is a new one. Yeah, Because it starts with Ryan, Seth, Summer, and Sadie. Uh, Yeah. Like the new, you know, Fab Four over here, and it's Sadie instead of Marissa. And by the way, Summer is taking this very well. You're being very supportive. I'm being extremely yeah. supportive. Well, and I think we ex you explained it's like we get it; they're not meant to be together. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's too much drama. But yeah, she misses her friend. Yeah, but and even supportive of these choices, like ding dongs and gefilte fish. <laughs> <laughs> but you were wearing a really cute top. I just wanted so to that say makes that little up for cute it. top. I guess it sounded disgusting. I was like, I'm gonna go. But but anytime we get a chance with Ryan and Summer, I don't know that for oh, some yeah. reason I just love your story, your character, your yeah. characters together. Yeah, they're buddies. Where she's and and because Summer isms these isms, isms comes out. She's like anti anti coop. She's calling her the anti coop. Yeah, because she can beat Seth in the video games. Yeah, but she is the anti coop, right? Yeah. The doorbell rings. Ding dong. Guess who's back? Back again. I thought this outfit was a little over the top, but it immediately wow. sends the the message that I'm back and I am put together and proper and here and a Barbie like you got a little <laughs> pink band. Yeah, it was a lot. I, I mean, the curls. Listen, I love some <laughs> curls, as you can see. But I was I at that time I was all about the like sleek super hair. So right. But they wanted to send a message that I was, you know, on the straight and narrow. Oh, yeah, prim and um, proper. Well, it's, you have stunning hair, I have to you say. Do. Oh, thank and you. I, really and do. I did notice your hair in this episode. And for some reason, I literally looked and I went, she walked into the trailer and they did that hair. Like, they did Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Do. It was so big. And <laughs> it's funny because a lot of what Jess wore was from my wardrobe. Like, the vans were mine. Oh, you brought my oh. little, Like, my little yeah, studded yeah. belt and stuff like that. I'm wearing an, an 
it's like a Tiffany Hart necklace in this episode, I yeah. think, that it was mine. Um, I just was never a polo girl. Like, I never would have worn the polos. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so, like, when he opened the door, I was like, wow. <laughs> like, uh, that was I a big wiped reveal. that from my memory somehow. That's so <laughs> funny. And you're there and you're delivering a gift from Trey. Yeah. A belated birthday gift. Which turns out to be a Hot Wheel. Of a Camaro. Right? Yeah, Hot yeah. Wheel of a Camaro. But you know what? My my note on this was she says, you're back in town. I did hang out with Trey for a bit, but, you know, I'm trying to change my life. Comes with the new outfit. And I, I wrote that, you know, she seems genuine. She yeah. genuinely seems to... Want to turn over a new leaf. Right. But I also, I love that it's not 100% gone, though, because that wouldn't be realistic. That, no. The, the, the bad no, girl. of course not. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so he he opens up that present and Seth, you know, he he sees it and he says it was an inside it was an inside story. Inside joke. He doesn't say joke though. He actually goes it was an inside thing between us. Thing. Inside story. It was story. a thing, but because I was mm-hmm. like is it really a joke? But or yeah. because they actually used to like hang Oh yeah, out. no, like during a traumatic time in their childhood yeah. they played with these. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Right. But of uh, course Kirsten comes in and she's she's the girl who took too many drugs and floated in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I literally it really is a trigger for him. You know, he's plugging along and then somebody comes into his past and gives him a hot wheel and we don't know what this story is yet, but it's clearly doing something and it's a it's a huge trigger for him. Yeah. Yep. And then of course Sadie. And, but and Kirsten's like, how's Trey? And he's like, I don't know and doesn't want to know. So he's still yeah, locking I mean, that out. I think it's it, I it's feel like a, he doesn't mean that. I agree. He doesn't quite mean it, right? Yeah. yeah. But And in the meantime, he is trying to get close to Sadie. Yeah, but he doesn't want to reveal anything to her. Yeah. She's like, tell me about this. And mm-hmm. he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm a good listener. And then he doesn't. And she's like, okay, that's my cue to go. I'm out of here. Right. I guess I'll just, I'll go right now. And But I think she handles it just with enough of, okay, this is, it defines to her, well, she wants him to open up and be vulnerable. She's she's ready to take that next little step. Right. And he can't. But no. she respects it. But at the same time, I think she's a little hurt by it. Yeah, that's fair. She definitely has like a strong sense of self. You know, she to really be able does. To say, okay. The maturity right. there is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's how people literally develop feelings for each other when you share deep things yeah. and you feel. And so she's trying to do that here. And he's. That's like it's very yeah. painful. I mean, when you think back to what really what what was going on, I'm glad that the I'm really glad that the writers brought this back, in some ways because Ryan and Trey, yeah, mm-hmm. because he's still dealing with some of it and without bringing bringing Logan back actually. Yeah, I think Logan had booked something. And Did they he, want him to come back? Yeah, to oh. I think he had booked something, and then I was like the closest way to to bring oh, it back. That, would make that sense. makes sense. I mean, it's been a long time, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I that's feel like what that's happened. Probably right, because you know she can come back, stir up a little more trouble again, right? Let him know what's going on, and it's a good way to close out that storyline without being, huh? Yeah, there you go. Well, isn't that interesting? How clever writers can be. It's like I still want to do this storyline. Some kind well, of kind of had to, right? It's his brother. Like at some yeah, point, yeah, you can't just you know, after everything. And yeah, then, and he was yeah. such a popular character, even after everything. You know, people. Does he ever come back? No. Never, we never so. see Logan nope. again. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So now Ryan decides he's going to go see Jess, right? Against Seth's advice. 
Yes. It's against his advice. He's yep. like, eh. Yep. And so now we're getting all the backstory with from Jess. And Trey misses him. And Jess has a new boyfriend. And you want Ryan to stay. She, so she said, because um, he comes over and he's like, I want to know about him. And he's, and she says, why don't you stay? And he's takes all he he starts to walk away but she says you know he's dealing and he, that he whips around oh, blackjack yeah. Black off Jack. the strip and he's like oh. so manipulative so, <laughs> know. so he is trying to stay out of trouble yes he is so that's good but then but that kind of makes him she says don't you want to hear more i've got a lot to say and then she does it again drops robe and oh, I know. walks up in her bikini as Woo! if, I mean, that's, but that's how it's worked for her all these totally. years. Totally. Right. Why change I mean, it? there's, even when I went back and watched the other episodes, she was always, like, teasing Ryan, you know, about, like, the brother thing mm-hmm. and, you know, like. There's got to be some part of Ryan. He never, because he, he's like, you and I were never friends. Yeah. He literally says that. Yeah. Like, why am I here? You know, and it's it's like he comes because he wants to hear it, but then he's like frustrated. There is a lot of that in this episode. I'm like, why is he there? <laughs> right. Because nothing what's, against No, I mean it is it's kind of it's, it's like almost sad in a way that she's like, you know, she's obviously, you know, to look deeper in it than just I was the one that could come back and close that storyline up. But you know, it's sad that she's using that to make him stay yeah, and yeah. you know yeah. like you know obviously she just wants attention and nobody's nobody's given her attention you find out that her parents aren't there they're never there mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. all along you know a deeper side of Jess is that she's always just wanted attention and her parents were never around and and what does a right. bored girl do yeah. when she doesn't i'm trying to be good but it's like going against her nature to be this good girl. Yeah. And Seth did have a good point. He's like, look, I, he he never wants Ryan to fall into the deep, dark Ryan world. It's like, mm-hmm. do you want to go back and ruminate about the past? Or do you want to look into the future with this nice girl, Sadie, that you're focused on? And he's got a really good point. But some people, because it's really, it's impossible to really live in the moment when you're fear of the future or thinking about the past and he can see his brother getting pulled into that so he's like have some caution Ryan right mm-hmm. so he's on this little journey of figuring mm-hmm. out what is what is a trigger for him so it's an interesting I do like that part of the storyline right that he's kind of getting pulled back into it but then what's he doing he's he's angry he's punching right he's punching doing the punching bag Mm-hmm. And Kirsten is like, he's like, I'm sorry, loud music. And she's like, no, all this grunting and everything. It's really, really difficult because his all that anger flashback, which lets the audience know what he's going through, all that Trey stuff and Marissa and everything, it now evokes all of that stuff. And they're super powerful images. There's a lot of really good talks with Kirsten and Ryan in this episode. And this is one of them, you know, where she's telling him Marissa's family, but they love Sadie and just you know, doesn't want him to get pulled back into the drama and all that crap. And I just, I like that you're seeing a lot of this, like, maternal talks from Kirsten. There's a lot of support in this episode from from you, from from Seth, like, from Kirsten. Like, everybody's being yeah, super, super supportive. Super supportive. Like, Marissa's part of the family, and but she's been through a lot, and you don't want to get dragged back into that. Kirsten's the one that says that Jess... 
had similar issues to Marissa. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. be careful. This is a red flag. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be doing this, you know, um, again. Why do you have to keep saving these girls that are like this? And there's a lot of, you know, think about, there's a lot of people have that family member that evokes that response. Mm -hmm. Like, you're plugging along just fine, and that family member who's all, that you've kind of kept distance from, who kind of resurfaces and then it affects everyone in your life. I I know people like that. Jess even says it to him um, when she talks about what Trey's doing. She says something like, we all have our types. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she's like reminding him, him, reminding herself. Right, right, for sure. This holiday season, I'm giving thanks to my friends at Manscaped. I always wanted to make sure whatever I get my man is something he actually is going to use, and their performance package 4.0 is absolutely giving me my money's worth. He loves the product so much, and his confidence has shot up since he started using them for all his grooming needs. (laughs) Gift your man Manscaped this holiday season so his tree stands taller (laughs) if you know what i mean help him join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped with 20 percent off free shipping with the code voc by going to manscaped.com okay so my man actually he's he's been manscaping pretty much since i met him but he's now a huge fan of the entire manscaped product line (laughs) And his balls thank Manscaped. Well, I well they thank me too. <laughs> his balls thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, think your holiday spread is good? It's time to give thanks to the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for his perfect package, huh? Inside, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, hello, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Think of it as a cornucopia of his balls and body. Manscaped has been busy and just launched their body buffer, the perfect addition to the shower routine to use with his refined body wash. Once he gets out of the shower, give him the deodorant for a refined scent on the go. Both the body wash and deodorant feature the Manscaped signature scent and will help the man in your life unlock ultimate confidence this year. His boys and body will be oh so fresh and so clean. Even you'll be in love with his self-care routine. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code VOC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code VOC at manscaped.com. Get him the best gift of all from Manscaped. His balls well, thank you. And me. <laughs> then we see Ryan meets up with Sadie and she's finishing painting on the house. Now, I've said this before, like <laughs> the fact that Sadie is just fully like renovating this house on her own. And then she looks completely beautiful and untouched. Maybe there was like a smudge of paint on her arm. But I was like, come on. Right. It would have been super cute if she had like a little dot. Yeah, like don't you want like a little yeah. paint like right here or a little yeah. on her upper lip and Ryan has to kiss yes. it away. No. But the keep, thumb moving at a the thumb uh, like just um, gently the yeah. hair out of the that would have been nice in it yeah listen we're rewriting the scene we're we have notes better we have notes go <laughs> <laughs> but, but then he didn't make it to see her because obviously he stayed with mm-hmm. Jess and because she he said um, give me twenty minutes I'll see you right but he but I he guess he show up that didn't happen no because he stayed right I right. mean also he spent the night. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a bit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what? A lot of this is like, huh? Sorry, well, there's a lot of issues with Ryan in this episode. I'm like, what is this? Was it was it the scene where you had the robe on? Was that what we talked about, or we hadn't gotten there yet? That's where I took the robe off, walked upstairs when he, he first stayed. came over. Yeah, the robe. I just wanted to say, I noticed they did the Friends trick with this robe. Anytime on Friends, when they had a robe on, they would have it top sticked or taped or whatever, like the collar open. So like this was your your top your chest everything was exposed so it was more flattering and I noticed they did the friend trick oh, yeah. with your robe yeah just a little side note it for definitely you. is more flattering than being oh, yeah. like all it's TV bunched right. up around <laughs> you know what I'm talking about TV robe Sorry. so I wanted to just point that out it was important he's on his date with Sadie in the diner that they call the culinary destination yes and of co- as soon as it gets started the phone rings and of course Sadie's like. Okay, and and of course it's, it's uh, Jess is saying she's in trouble and she's off to save. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just jumped. I just totally jumped because this happens a couple times. See, this is the problem. He's not at the date. He's actually. Um, this is where it is. No, because he's actually in the house and he oh, gets yeah. a the call. Oh yeah, the first time he leaves and Kirsten is like, "Where are you going?" Exactly. In trouble, that right? I was wrong. I jumped forward. It's gonna happen again. Right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so she goes over, and that's when she's terrified because she broke. Up. She was inspired by Ryan. She breaks it off with Jim, and this is where you're wearing the cute little right. hot pants. And he didn't spend the night before. No, this is when he spends the night. No. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> So he comes up and he's like, what are you, your new boyfriend? He goes, no, but I'll beat your ass if you don't back off. And that's when <laughs> she walks in. She she really is scared. Yeah. And I understand that. And mm-hmm. then he sees the picture from Trey. and The comes picture back. of Trey that's a screenshot from Trey in the episode of the OC. <laughs> Mind you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, I did gosh. notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I found out? Jamie Foxx bought this house that you were shooting in right <gasps> really? after we shot there. Really? Yeah, we shot it's a beautiful in, house. Yeah, it's, it's so like a forty-acre house in Thousand Oaks. Just oh, uh, Thousand Oaks! Wow, just west of West. Yeah, very far for us to to shoot. You technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway. so the next morning, that's by the pool, right? And Trey calls and mm-hmm. wants to talk to him. And yeah, so the next he morning, no. he's like, he he fell asleep there because she was so scared. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he stayed there to take care of me, which is really sweet. But also, like, it's. Super, like, what is Trey thinking? That uh, like, like Ryan's he here. It's literally night? like eight a.m. You're yeah. like your brother's here. My oh, first just instinct, sitting here with your brother. Yeah, I would be, like what? Like Trey would have been like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like I know. Nope. Now you, you know, moving in on my woman. <laughs> but of course, she's like eggs, fried, scrambled coffee, and but then he he starts drilling her on what's going on and explains Mm -hmm. that, you know, what about your girlfriends from USC? So I was like, your girlfriends from USC, is he assuming that all of his, your girlfriends went to USC because Jess didn't go to USC. She went to. Yeah, that's, that is confusing. I was like, what? Where did she go? I was in Vegas with Trey. And, but I think, I think that's just a, all of everyone from Newport goes to USC. That's a Josh thing, I think. So maybe he's just assuming that that's what happened. That they want to hang out with a girl that there was like a shootout and she went and lived in Vegas with a convict. Right. (laughs) All my USC friends. I thought thought that was funny. (laughs) Very funny. All right. He leaves. Sadie now walks in to the Cohen house in the morning with bagels. Now all of a sudden, Sadie is in. Kirsten's like, where's Ryan? I know. Sadie walks in with bagels and there's this little, and she says, 
Uh, anyone know where Ryan is? And this very awkward, very funny Seth saying to mm-hmm. Kirsten, you really have to learn how to lie better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this is where Seth and, and Sadie have a conversation. It's a good one. Yeah. I think it's a really good one where she's like, he seems to have some really deep issues. And he's like, look, <laughs> he's dealt with Marissa. Give him a break. Give him some slack. Because when he tried to date Someone normal. She turned out to be yeah, my yeah. grandpa's illegitimate daughter. And so just give him a break. Yeah. And so she's like, she's like, okay, but don't t- don't tell him we had this conversation and you can keep a secret, right? And I'm like, no. So I can't <laughs> keep a secret. He, he cannot. cannot. No. But it does seem like, you know, a really genuine conversation that yeah. people would have, For you sure. know, with their friends. Like, dude, stick around. Like, I feel like a lot of things are genuine with Sadie yeah. and her character and yeah. all the things. Which, what? Well, no, he says, he's like, look, give her, give it a, give him a break because I guarantee you, you'll have the most boring conversations coming up. It <laughs> won't be dramatic. You know, he puts it into perspective, right. like just give him a chance. He needs you. Right. And because I think everyone around Sadie, they're saying they see that she's normal, has a head on her shoulders and that could bring some stability. And I think everyone sees that Ryan is the savior guy that mm-hmm. takes off after. Every time. Because essentially. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Could have been the clerk at the supermarket. <laughs> he would go. Okay, so now he's going to make it up to Sadie because he peaced out on her the night before. He's taking her to dinner. They're at the diner. <laughs> the culinary destination. So, yep. Yeah, and now they're And he gets a call. Guess who from? Well, he says Jess, but actually it's the beautiful Cat Graham. Actress, beautiful, who and went on to Vampire That's Diaries. That's so funny! Fame. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and she's saying that Jess has locked herself. She's drunk. She's locked herself mm-hmm. up, and everyone from USC is at the party. And That's- she will only talk to Ryan. My friends really showed up, you guys. I mean, <laughs> full force, like a whole party, yeah. a whole party full of them. Yeah, but she will only talk. To Ryan How Howard. annoying for Sadie, though. She, when she's like, I, I get it, you gotta I'm go. I'm so annoyed for Sadie. Um, yeah. I'm like, dude. But I also love that he goes, she goes, I get it, you gotta go. And he says, do you? And she goes, no, actually, I don't get it, but call me when it's done. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she even gave him, like, the opportunity to call her when it's done. Like, Maybe I there think... was the option that she, she would go and wait in the car. Like, uh, go take care of this. I'll be in the car. And yeah, we'll continue maybe. our date. I don't know. At this point, though, after the things going on, yeah, I kind of would have been like, go do your thing. I wouldn't have said, call me when it's done. I would have right. just been like, go. <laughs> so, anyway. she, so Jess is really a mess. And she, she's got mess. she's got the smeared mascara, the tears. She's <laughs> grabbing onto him and trying to, you know, get Make close. Make some moves. Make some moves. When Jim shows up and sees it and, of course, does that instant like, hey, man. Yeah. Get Man. Off and then they get into <laughs> a fight. Man. Sloppy, your brother's sloppy seconds. And of course, they get into a fight. He hits Ryan and he slams him down and he goes, Hey, man, it's none of your business. And Ryan, ding, ding, takes this guy to go, oh, You're right. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. And I've got to stop saving people like this yeah. because he literally has been saving every girl who's ever had an issue like this is saving his mother. Because yeah. he grew up with a mother who did this, and he finally realized that this is exactly what he's been doing his whole life, trying to save his mom. That's all it goes back to. Did you Case closed. Up? You just came up with that? Yeah. I wrote it in my notes, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. true, though. Childhood trauma. It'll get you. It's real. And he's, he literally was like, you see, that's why I was thinking that he went, oh, I'm officially over Marissa now. 
Like any lingering thought he had just made it kind of seal the deal. I still don't agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) But but then she runs out and she follows him and she's like, he's like, get a life. I'm done. Yeah. Because he's been pulled into that kind of, you know, savior complex for so long. Right. He tells her to stay away from Trey, too. Yeah, just stay away from her. Yeah, my notes are on my phone. That's why my phone's out. I'm not. <laughs> you're just like I'm totally checked out. Yeah, like you're like on Instagram. Like, I'm on Instagram right now. <laughs> now they're on my phone. <laughs> but then he tells Kirsten that he finally learned his lesson, and but that he thinks it's too late. And of course, Kirsten says it's never too late. But then he goes over and tells her about this card and tells the audience as well that what was going on and and why it was such a trigger. And and I love that she's she is there and she says one of my best. Uh, qualities is listening. A good listener is a really good quality. Yeah, like it's something I've had to work on in my adult life because I was everyone. I feel like could work yeah. on it a little bit. <laughs> There's the balance between listening and trying to tell a story of your own that makes you think that makes the person think that you understand and that you're empathetic to their situation it's like always that balance of like okay well do i tell them about this and my experience or do i just keep listening right because then is it about me (laughs) yeah i'm not making it about me but i understand it's a really good idea to i saw something where it said if your partner or someone in your life is having problem uh, having an issue and it's like do you want me to help with a solution or do you just want me to listen to it's like communicate that because so many of us say, well, in my extreme, my experience, mm-hmm. or you should do this. And you're some, how many times have you said, I don't want your advice. I just want, I love that Ryan and Kirsten, he opens up to her and he listens to her. And because Seth is always talking to Sandy about sex, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that they have that. And you see a lot more of that in, in these past few episodes with Kirsten. You do. Yeah, definitely. Let's do. cover the Marissa and Volchuk oh. just a, a while back. Talk about the music score telling us what to do. I feel like they took it from a song, but there's a lot of like music telling us oh, yeah. what's going on oh, yeah. in this. But like the beginning of the episode, so the last episode ended and Marissa is like kind of opening up to Volchuk. She like rests her head on his shoulder and they're you both see grieving. Some, they're both grieving. But then the beginning of this episode, we're back to square one. And she's like, no, like the push and the pull thing again. Somebody's outside the door. Yeah, she yeah. opens it and there's a brown paper bag. And he actually says, I thought you'd be at school, which is a valid question, mm-hmm. you know, or a comment. Mm-hmm. And he gives her back that expensive what? What? Cardi- Cartier what watch. From what? So when she- I couldn't remember. She bribed She sold him. it. No, she bribed him. She she gave it to him to oh, leave. Oh, yeah. a long time ago yeah. for and he, Johnny for something. To leave Ryan alone. Oh, to leave Ryan alone. To leave alone. Ryan alone. But it was she during the him. Johnny era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he kept it and she gives it back. And That's why. Like, See, it was a while ago. I'm like, you guys, I, what, what is this watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh geez. So she gives it back. But, he um, gives it back. I love the blue Uggs that, that Misha was wearing. and And then, okay, so in this scene... He's. I was like, I just love the way Cam. I call him Cam, but his but his name Volchuk. is Volcher. Kevin Volcher. She he stares at her like he's just like he's kind of past that point of grieving, but he's just got I want you animalistic eyes. But then all of a sudden, I kind of started seeing that he is that guy from the other side. Well, he's a surfer, but he's the bad boy. The same way Ryan was the mm-hmm. bad boy. And then I started picturing Volchek as Ryan or Cam Chigande as Ryan. And I was like, I wonder if that would have been interesting. Because they are such sexual 
intensity. Oh, yeah. With these two. Oh, you feel that. Mm-hmm. But just like you feel it with Ryan and Sadie, like the the foursome, not foursome, but the, the, the <laughs> yeah. couples you're looking at now, yeah. I really see and feel it with like Ryan and Sadie and because, Marissa and Volchon. Yeah, it's a combination of the way they edit it, the way the actors portrayed it and the music that was very intense. And I'm like, personally, I don't always like to see the, you know, the making out or the, but for some reason, these two characters yeah. really, it's, hot. it's like, it's hot. <laughs> well, it's also too, like there's been so much, you know, with Ryan and Marissa, there was always so much, so drama. much back and forth and drama and they've been through so much, I mean. you know, like it's just, that's a lot for any relationship. So to see her with this guy, it's like, you know, it can be a little hotter and a little sexier because we're not thinking yeah. of all that. All the other stuff. All that other stuff. Right. And I'm trying to think back and I'm like, when were Ryan and Marissa like really good and you see them and you're like, that's the most amazing couple ever. <laughs> I was trying to like right. think back on it. No, because her, 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 her journey of trying to find herself. It, and it was, it was Caitlin that said it. She's like, you can't yeah. make decisions. You're mm-hmm. just all over the place. And you've always been all over the place trying to figure yourself out mm-hmm. and nothing. And, and, not being able to focus on just being. She's always involved in other people. She's this nurse, this nightingale nurse kind of person mm-hmm. to Johnny. Right. And it just, all of those things, all of those actions that she had or choices she made had such ripple effect consequences to her relationship with Ryan to the point where they both started growing apart and either chipped away at each other's hearts or just they didn't have that there anymore. And so she's... I don't know. Her her journey is taking her elsewhere right now. Well, also, so she she finds herself alone, right? And she thinks about calling Volchek, but who does she call? Matt Ramsey. But she shows up at his and she shows up to his place door. And I don't get this. So she says, "I don't know. I can't talk to someone." We've learned he's twenty six, by the way, in this episode. So he is pretty young, right? I will say, but. She shows up at his door and, like, doesn't want to be alone. And he's like, I'm leaving for the weekend. You can stay here. The whole dynamic is so weird. Well, she, yeah, I thought that was an odd thing because of the, of the other storylines going on. Because she can't hang out with Summer. Because there's stuff going on with Matt in the Newport group. I thought maybe this is a way to get him into deeper trouble. I don't know. But she says, I don't want to be alone. And he says, well, I'm going. At first I thought, okay, I'm, he's leaving and she has the place to herself. But he doesn't leave till the next day. Yeah, so, so she he spends was, the night while he's there. there. And oh, he I says, didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. And what what is she wearing in the morning? His pajamas. His clothes. I mean, I'm like. His t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, like a jersey or something. It's so weird to me. I didn't know. I was was like, I don't get this. She's alone at Matt's or alone in the trailer. and, And she's just digging into the drama of her life and her breakup. She's not moving on. Like, why isn't she at school? Like, go back to school, jump back into life. Meet but new she, people. But she's like, no, I'm going to sit in my world of grief and nobody's going to call me, you know, I'm not accountable to be at school right now. Hmm. I guess. And Sandy knocks on the door in the morning and sees her there and it's weird. But I think Marissa's actions are really relatable to the teen audience. 
Like they're like, oh yeah, that's how all the feels. Even CG was telling me my daughter CG. She was like, mom, high school is so feely and dramatic. Mm. And so as an adult, we're like, why is this going on? I think the audience was really eating it up. Well, what I was saying is like going through what she's going through, you know, like at that age, whatever, you don't want to be alone. And she's thinking about texting Volchuk the whole time. And then she goes to this other guy because really just sitting in it isn't what you do when you're like 17 years old, you know? Well, no. maybe some do, but I don't know. not mostly. Well, and because then when Sandy does knock on the door, he is like, like, what are you doing here? You need to get home. This is so inappropriate. I don't know that back then, at least, I mean, now in 2022, people are, you know, but like at 17, I probably would have thought I was pretty adult. And, right, you know, if I true. had somebody that I was friends with that was older that. I that I knew I felt safe around and they weren't trying to, you know, like hmm. from the outside. Yes, it looks really, really bad when Sandy knocks on the door and she's wearing his T-shirt and she's 17. But, you know, she probably like she's been through a lot of adult things. So she probably thinks she's pretty grown up and, you know, she's been around a lot of grown ups her whole life. So you make a really good point. And I'm going to be a hypocrite because I was 17 and all my friends were 26, 27, and I had a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) For for a little bit. But yeah, no, you're right. All of, I was always the youngest in my group because all of my friends were in their twenties and older and it wasn't, I think for the purpose of this episode, it probably wasn't that big of a deal until Sandy gets an art, a complaint about him and he's and he instantly assumes it's that kind of behavior that he's being accused of mm-hmm. by um, Dr. Griffin, Maya's dad. OK, so Marissa and she sees him at the bait shop. There's a lot of this back and forth. Will they, won't they, avoiding whatever. So obviously the tension is building. Yes, she, they have those looks. Yeah, they have those looks. And we'll get to what happens in the end after well, we cover Sethimer. There was a because there was that amazing what? stare between them when when she's at oh, the yeah, bait and shop talking with Summer. to Summer and she's like, "What are you looking at?" And she's and she, yes, there no, was like, they're having he, sex with their eyes. He's doing that <laughs> thing. They are doing the mating dance. They're sexizing. Yeah, <laughs> sexizing. You just made that up. I did. You are okay. Let's go to Sethimer. Let's go to Sethimer. Let's go to Sting's house. Thank goodness for this storyline. I just am just oh my god by how much fun <laughs> this is. Thank goodness for um, Autumn Reeser. She's I so love her. Oh my lovely. god, she's so good, so good, <laughs> and she's so fun in this episode. And she's coaching us, and it's hilarious. Seth comes out of his Brown interview. Mm-hmm. He's like. You're the man. You're the man, which I thought. So he's he thinks he's aced it. Hopefully mm-hmm. he has. We'll find out. Um, but but Taylor's doing this whole thing about like what you're going to do. This you're how you're going. Oh, she how says, we're going to celebrate? Oh, just, I'll make a flan. That's just like so weirdly random. <laughs> I'll make a flan to celebrate. And and she's like, no, we're just going to do this other thing because <gasps> because and that. It is interesting how one person's perception of how you're supposed to celebrate can really make you feel insecure about something. Mm. And and Taylor's like, oh, no, aren't you going to have this mad, passionate, like, this evening? And she's like, what are you talking about? You have to. Um, And I think that I wrote that Autumn's – well, first of all, Autumn's acting choices are super fun. Oh, yeah. The way she's like, spread the seed, Mm -hmm. spread the seed. (laughs) And she just really commits. And then – but this healthy, like, sex life talk, it feels very adult, not high school. Mm-hmm. Because 
it's an interesting kind of way to have a character bring in like these adult story themes. Yeah. Into high school thing by way of Taylor Townsend. Taylor the Tantric Townsend. (laughs) (laughs) But then they're alone watching this Blade trilogy and Summer does this like nibble nibble. I know. I sniff. I'm like, like, (laughs) (laughs) what? I ate salami. I feel like it's staying with me, man. I know. It's so not sexual. But that, but I thought that that was really realistic where if, one person, you kind of say, I'm trying to do this, and your partner And someone goes, ate salami? Kind of, yeah. And somebody laughs, <laughs> and you're like, whatever, let's just watch TV. Like, that's realistic. Right. Or well, there's something you feel self-conscious about, and the person's like, you you know that they're, they're trying to make a move, and you're just like, oh, my God, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, you're like, no. Uh, oh, my God. They're an old married couple. Like, no, not tonight. But she, well, then, of course, the next morning when she runs into her in the pancakes, she's like, was it hot? Was it naughty? Was it love? Was it tender? Was it all these things? And (laughs) she's like, it wasn't. And it was like, everything that Taylor was saying just sounded very, like, cliche. Mm -hmm. Like, because do you ever do this, like, I'm going to set up a zebra, you know, rug and do it in front of the fireplace (laughs) and chocolate? And I'm like, I've just never been that. Or, like, like, Julie had the petals on the bed. Right. I'm like, it's like, to me, that takes it out of I the... I know. I definitely it. have like the anxiety, like mind in a relationship. Like, okay, we had sex on Monday. So, okay, do we have to do it again on Thursday? And then <laughs> like, you know, you go through all those things. You're like, oh, fuck, I guess we have to do it again tonight. <laughs> Except for that first like initial like year where it's just like, you can't get enough. Yes. After that year. But see, here's the thing that... Salami abounds. <laughs> but I think there's something interesting about, you know, the Summer Seth thing is that it's normal to have that intense thing in the beginning. And then because that's... Love is actually... That's that's just a feeling that comes and goes. That's like that procreation thing that's built into our DNA. And that's why there's mm-hmm. the sex can be so intense. But love is actually an action word. When that stuff's kind of subsides, love means taking care, cooking, taking out the trash, doing all these little things, that's love. Mm -hmm. And I think Seth and Summer are in this, they're scared that they're going to be in this, they're in this stale part of their relationship. When in fact, they're actually in this more mature, we love each other part. And it doesn't need to be so, so the pressure to be in this Taylor Tansen tantric sex thing Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily realistic. No. But hats off to him to to, to, yes. to discovering it, right? I remember filming the scene where she has us in the school and putting our hands on each other and Adam <laughs> just like puts it on my face. That was so funny. I mean, you can um, audibly hear the like slap. The, the slap. Oh, yeah. His, it was so hard to keep him, a straight like, face. Calming your face. Yeah, that just, whole time. Do you feel a stirring in your loins? <laughs> oh and you God. both are like, got nothing. She's like, well... I do breakup counseling yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is so funny that she says Taylor Townsend's dad was a car salesman, so now he's a sex therapist. But your mom in real life is a sex therapist. She doesn't have yet the technical. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. she's a she specializes Counsel- in sex counseling. There you go. And there, there is, is no a relation- poster of the Kama Sutra like pictures on her wall in her bedroom. <laughs> is there a chance that you had this conversation and it was put in there with Josh or something before? Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, with my mother many, many, many times. Yes. Yep. Okay. So Taylor presents the Kama Sutra to Seth, which is hilarious. Which is, uh, and it's a pop up. 
Did you notice the book? She the children, opens it's a, it? the children's book version of the Kama Sutra. Is it? Yeah, it's like the children's pop up version. That's hysterical. <laughs> it is funny, and, and then the wheelbarrow. The wheel, yes. yes. But you know, can I say something about the scene with um, Summer and uh, Marissa in the bait shop? Yeah, because now Summer's mind is kind of spiraling. Yeah, she's thinking like, if we're in this weird place where we can't, we're not attracted to each other. This means he's going to go find some, what is it? A pair of big New England white boobs. Pale. 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 (laughs) Don't forget pale New England boobs. (laughs) Pale New England boobs to replace me. I mean, also, is it realistic to be monogamous in college? No. 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 Uh, I was in high school when my college boyfriend, well, he went to college. And let me tell you. What? He had a lot of sex. Not with me. Yeah, same. Yeah. My right? my high school boyfriend cheated on me so much when we went to college. Yeah. I, I just it's feel like, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, try not to be too ser- Girls, just try not to take it too seriously. Don't in be in a relationship college. in college. Yeah. 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 Just do your thing, right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, this, but in that scene, it was the girl in the sea <sighs> by the presets, and it was just like this theme throughout the whole episode of the, Volchek, Marissa stares mm-hmm. that sex before sex thing, mm-hmm. but um, but this is where Sandy and Seth talk about. He was when he said um, he was like, you know, did you guys ever have like a kind of a low point with um, mom? And he's like, oh, she was a firecracker. If that <laughs> we used to say, if the mail truck is a rocking, don't <laughs> come knocking. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, oh, but why why are we so ooh about parents? Is that a dumb question? It's just a thing. It's just like a like thing. No one wants to visualize that. <laughs> they are always, though, like making comments. Like even in the episodes I watched, you know, my old episodes, like they're always some kind of like funny, inappropriate parent sex comment. Oh, yeah. yes. Especially with kids. That never gets yeah. old. Never gets but old. But it's great because in this, you know, in this episode, Seth's just kind of like, it's like, all right. It's, it's just, yeah. What's yeah. like, there's like one comment about having sex in my room in front of me. What there was something yeah. I made a note of and I forget what it was now. But yeah, yeah, super gross. Well, then of course, since Seth shows up, oh poor little Summer. She's like she assumes that he's coming over to, to break talk, up with to her. break up with her. Yeah, no, it's one of the few times you see Summer pretty like insecure and right. I need well, to come over and talk. She gets that vulnerable. Way. Yeah, vulnerable. yeah. And she's like, I had to put Princess Sparkle in this in the drawer because. And he's like, Oh no, she something about she can't see this. She can't see this. She's like, like, that bad? Is it that bad? And but it's then, really funny that she goes to like hit him and he catches her. He's like Taylor Tansen <laughs> came over because I've been schooled in the world of tantrics. Oh yeah, that's in the why next she gets hour mad. Or twelve twenty four, if Sting shows up or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean Taylor Tansen came over? <gasps> I know, and he and grabs. It was super effective. <laughs> mm-hmm. This like, yeah, bam, bam. It's funny. It worked. It really worked. I then was they like, hit the sheets, <laughs> and it's the best sex they've ever had. Apparently, thank you, Tantric Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and then well, we're on the sex thing, but you want to? Is there anything you want to say? You want to about Sandy in the hospital? We were on the sex thing. No, I mean the 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 other little side thing they have Sandy doing, which is not my favorite thing. Poor, yeah. you know, I I, I feel like Peter was line. not happy yeah. doing all this yeah. stuff either. We yeah. need him back as a public defender, yeah. you know, doing these things. But 
but Dr. Griffin doesn't want to work with Matt because some because he's heard um, rumors of the his antics and parties, and, and it turns out that he's sticking up for his little girl, and he wants him off the project because it's a big project, and why? Because Matt Ramsey broke his little girl's heart. Yeah, Matt, Matt right. broke his heart. Let's get heart. back to the sex. Okay. <laughs> so that starts off the sex ending of the episode, the Sethimer. I think this is the first time they're called Sethimer, too, by the way, in this episode. Taylor calls them Sethimer. She does, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe she it's goes, the first come time. on, my little Sethimer. Yeah. Okay, now, all right, then Ryan gets to Sadie. They start going at it. I'm telling you, there's such chemistry with them. Right. I feel like... She says, I'm a good listener, and then she says, but that doesn't mean that's all we have to do. We don't have to talk. Right. We can do something and else. And go time. And and I was like, whoa, this... I don't remember another scene in the entire... Because oh, after Seth and Summer kind of jump back under the sh- the sheets... La- I'm really laughing, by the way. Yeah, of I course can you hear are. me. I'm <laughs> really laughing. And, and then they... Who knows what Brody was doing under that comforter? I don't know. <laughs> Being funny. <laughs> I'm sure. And... So then they go for it. Seth, um, Ryan and Sadie are, that is, having, they're not just making out. They're going for it. No, they go for it. Oh, yeah. And it's the most sex we've seen Ryan have. Wouldn't you say it's more than even when they showed him and Marissa? It feels like it. It for feels some like it. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. it's just like a little last, a little longer. I don't know. And in that montage, we see Marissa. Uh, Volchek is sitting at the trailer. Marissa oh, walks yeah. in and she does this thing where she opens the door and, and then it leaves open. it open. Yeah. And, and the then invitation. There, that, those two. Those two. That's when the flames. I literally <laughs> wrote Marissa and Volchek for the win. Oh, yeah. Because. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had the hottest. Like, if Seth and Summer are the like comedic relief. Ryan and Sadie are sweet. And then there's Marissa and Hot. Volchek, which because is just flames she actually did say at the bait shop talking to summer she says oh, emotionally unex- unavailable, unavailable emotionally better sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I, she's you know aware what? i believe that to be true <laughs> i do too <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Sexy. i mean he like pushes her against the wall and everything oh my oh, god so hot. i know i was like yes you know i do think <laughs> yes, it's please. an interesting thing and i i do hope we get to talk to misha one day but it's she wrote about how she was felt pressure to be sexual sexual at at an early age because of this character and this mm. reminded me of that i wonder if she was okay with it because he was so hot <laughs> i don't know i mean yeah i mean i would ho- hope that you never want she was old she was probably 18 by now oh yeah she would have been 19 by this point yeah i think yeah because her birthday's in January. Oh, right. So it, she would have been. Yeah. I mean, their, their sex scene, though, was definitely the hottest. They win. Yeah. They win. <laughs> For sure. They win. They They're win. in a trailer and, like, up against a wall. I mean, come on. Well, there's something hot about trailer trailer park sex. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you haven't had it. <laughs> Mindy? I, I don't know. We haven't seen Dr. Roberts and Julie there. They've I mean, in... you in real life. Oh. Have I, you? In a trailer? Yeah. I, well, I've we no, <laughs> I don't know. Nikki, a camper maybe, I, like I'm, an RV camper. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, there's called there's something called the river. <laughs> <laughs> a river runs through it. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's a whole other. That thing. is the episode. I think that's Ooh. the episode. And we yeah, have some voicemails for Nikki. We have some voicemails for her. Yay! I was so worried nobody would ask me questions. Oh my oh. god! Hey, Melinda and Rachel. 
This is Brian. I am leaving this message with a question for Nikki. I was wondering, Jess for me is kind of like the ultimate chaotic evil on the OC. (laughs) And that's why I think we love to hate her. But I would like to know, you know, if you could kind of envision a redemption arc for her. Uh, You know, if if Jess had stuck around and changed her ways, um, how do you think that could have played out? What would have been like the ultimate uh you know kind of like Jess turns her life around storyline i think Jess did get a little bit of a, i mean you do, you at least get to see what's driving her a little bit in this episode you know she she talks about her parents not being there um how they all have their types um and i think just i think people can change and do I mean, like I said, I was a little wild and, you know, in my youth, but I think you just have to be really self-aware and come, you know, want your life to be better. And that moment when Ryan decides, is like, I'm not doing this anymore, you know, just has to have something maybe that happens, you know, to her that makes her have that moment that Ryan did when he's like, I'm protecting, you know, I keep trying to save all these people. What am I doing? Um, And I think that if Jess, you know, if, but it just seems like she's probably going to like slide back to Trey because Trey wants her to come back to Vegas. And, you know, it just, she screwed up again at, at home. So I think at some point you have to, there either has to be something that drives you to make that decision or you just um, get really tired of that trajectory that you're on. I think what an interesting thing to do would be to see, and I think Trey and Jess hear about Marissa's passing tragically. That was a a spoiler. Uh, (laughs) Not that anyway. But that something like that makes you think how tragic and I don't want to go down that path or, or especially like Trey even. Does Trey have a redemption? Does he better himself? Does he go back to school? Jess goes back to USC and then comes back to and becomes like head noopsie of, you know, you know, something. I mean, look, she's super, <laughs> she's super privileged. She's not on OnlyFans like Julie. Yeah. Her, <laughs> she's not. She, she has all the money. Her family, you know, obviously is right. supporting her just scooting around so you know she has the opportunity to better herself and i like to think that eventually she did that she grew out of it you know yeah maybe marissa and i think too some people are just you know bad for you and i think that she probably genuinely was trying to get her life together but seeing ben brought back that or seeing ryan brought all that stuff back for her Mm -hmm. and you know it just sets her on that destruction again you know like there's some people like you can love people you were talking about family earlier like you can love people and not be in a relationship with them you can choose not you know choose not to make them your family you can choose you know to create boundaries and i think that jess could find that someday it can be a slippery slope the people the the company you keep can have a huge effect on on your choices for sure just you know seeing people from high school or something now you know you it always brings you a little bit back to who you were at the time you know well even watching the show oh for sure you know okay thank you brian Hi, Melinda and Rachel. This is Marguerite in Virginia. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I've been a fan of the show since 2004 when I started watching it junior year of college. 
And I still have all four seasons of the show on DVD. I refuse to get rid of them because just in case there's no internet or I cannot stream or any <laughs> number Armageddon of time. everyday occurrences, I still want to have access to the OC in case I need a little fix, which I have happens sense. on the regular. Um, anyway, I really look forward to the podcast on Tuesdays. But my question today is for Nikki. I absolutely loved Jess. She was one of my favorite characters to watch on the show. Her fashion choices were amazing. Her energy was awesome. I would sometimes kind of channel a little bit of her confidence and energy when going out with my friends in college. So thank you for bringing that. But my question for you today is, how did you nail Jess's facial expressions? She had the best facial expressions. Um, and I'm just curious if you practiced those in the mirror. <laughs> Did you have any particular inspiration for that? Um, anyway, thank you so much. Um, have a great rest of your day. Um, it's really funny because I was, like I said before, I was skimming through the episodes. And I just was so delighted with the words I was given all the time because they were just so fun. Like I said, this like the craziest stuff, uh, you know, <laughs> like teasing about the brothers and like sec sloppy seconds and then like jabbing at um, Marissa and Summer, you know, like I was just too cool and having so much fun. And I think that the words really lent that, you know, it, like it was easy to find that. Um because it was just so fun. Yeah. Well, you like Tom Cruise it in the monitor just going over your expressions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. But you're exactly right. If you play a character, if you're playing the words and the character for truth, there's an the, the expression comes out there. You don't say, I'm going to do this now or something. Mm -hmm. It just comes with the with the dialogue and the intention of what you're saying. I mean, your character, character. was so right. expressive because of what she yeah. was saying. Right. She was always in on her own joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. She, you know, she, she wasn't afraid to like, right. I'm right. getting this over on you. Like right. this, right, is, right, right, this right. is, you know, like she was always in on it. So yeah. she wasn't afraid for people to see that in her face. It was right. she was just delighted with herself. Yeah. <laughs> I do admire that confidence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> That was so nice. Thank you so much, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much, Nikki. Thank you so much. It was so good I'm to so see excited you. To be here. Yeah. Thank so you so fun. much for having me. One Absolutely. of the more love to hater characters and very, very memorable characters from Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, really Thank appreciate you. it. Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like to watch us, please check us out on YouTube. Bye, bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches is brought to you by Cast Media. Executive produced by Colin Thompson, Harris Lane. Produced by Katie Kurtwright. Edited by Parker Flores and our technical engineers, Travis Holden and Dustin Park. 